Hey everyone, my name is Todd Schmink, and welcome to the From the Couch, where I dive into a variety of mental health topics designed to give you greater insight into how your mind works so that you will have greater psychological flexibility. Now this is part two in a series in dealing with the stress. Now I broke this into three parts just to keep them manageable. Try to keep them under 10, 12 minutes. First one I went over by a little bit. I'm gonna try harder you know, to make sure I stay underneath it, but there's just lots of information that I'm trying to make sure that you get in going through a situation like dealing with a chronic illness. Now, if you remember the first section I went through and, and we dove into coming to terms with your mind most importantly, I was dealing with the number one job of the thinking mind, or the number one job of the mind, which was, of course, solving problems. Then I moved into an exercise and a theme in and of itself, and that was noticing what you buy into. That is noticing the thoughts that you have, putting them out on that worksheet, that was the exercise, putting them down on a, on a piece of paper, and then looking at them, and with your values, beginning to estimate and, and to judge which one of these thoughts do I want to buy? Which one of these thoughts for sale do I want to buy? But I'm going to make sure that I give you a quick technique to help you to deal with the stress, to deal with anxiety at the end of this. So stick around. I think you're going to find the middle component is also very much a technique and is useful nonetheless. Now, this is something that I, I utilize across the board, especially in dealing with those all or nothing type thoughts. So it still ties back to the whole coming to terms with your mind and understanding that component. And then of course, using the, am I gonna buy that thought? Well, now we're gonna actually process if that thought isn't true, if we can get away from that particular, if we can get away from that particular thought, then it's possible to then find exceptions to our quote-unquote rules. So when we're overwhelmed, it's not unusual for us to begin to review our life and look back and be like, oh my gosh, it's always like this. I'm always messing things up. She's always messing things up. This pain is never going to go away. We catastrophize. We, there's, there's a couple different cognitive biases out there and I have a podcast which goes into that as well. And I'll make sure I have that in the link below. Walks through different kinds of cognitive uh, biases that we have to deal with. But we generalize, we catastrophize, and this, the list goes on and on. Well, what this does, if we can remember to understand and, and utilize why it is that our mind does what it does, and we can begin to actually see those thoughts, we can set those off to the side and then begin to test those thoughts. We can go, is this actually true and what i mean by this is if you take the thought i always mess things up well if we step away if we can separate away from that and this is once again why mindfulness is such an important component to to dealing with the psychological distress is that we want to be able to even be able to break away and look at those things but if we can actually begin to do that, we can ask validating questions. Can we validate this? Is this true? And you might be, well, yeah, it's true. Right, right now, this is what I'm feeling. But it actually could be that if we could just step back and take a look at it and ask this question again with one small beginning 
one small change to the beginning, is this absolutely true? And chances are, it's not. Okay, so where can we find an exception to the rule? Well, when I'm working with my patients, if that was the complaint, I'm always messing everything up. I'd ask them, okay, well, was there a place and time when you didn't? And then they start to, the little light bulb goes off. They start reviewing like, well, you know, for, you know, good yesterday afternoon was actually a pretty good day. I didn't, I didn't mess anything up. Like, okay, what were you doing then? Or if I get, he's always yelling or he's always dodging the, the, the conflict. He's always dodging the situation. I was like, well, okay, is what were you doing in that situation? And then is that absolutely true? He's always dodging it? Well, no, I mean, he did listen to me, you know, over the weekend, or he did listen to me last night and this morning, you know, surprise, surprise, the, it was all done. What was happening then? How did you deliver that? What was different in how you interacted with him that time? What were you doing there? What's the exception? And can that be utilized? Can that be generalized? Can we use this in more than one place? And it may have been that you did it last night because you were actually feeling like you're in a decent place or you were just willing to accept the actual experience and went after a values-based committed action without even knowing that you did this. But what mattered? What drove you into that? But just to quickly sum it up, just think about the things that actually mattered and are you willing to experience all the bodily sensations and the older memories, like he never listens, and yet engage with him as if he does, you might find an exception to the rule. So I think that that, that kind of narrows it down. I'm giving you two examples, but what we want to do is we want to check for the all or nothings. We want to actually pull those away. We want to defuse, cognitive diffusion. We want to put it away out here so we can actually take a look at it and go, is this thing absolutely true? Huh, no, actually at this time, even if it was just for a minute or two minutes or five minutes, what was different? What were you doing that was different in that moment? That's the whole key to finding the exception. Now, <clears throat> finding the exception, though, we have, to have, we have to be able to create space so that the thinking mind, the automatic mind, the automatic responses have a place to just rest for a second. We need to move back into that observing mind. And the best way to develop this strength, to be able to notice those differences, once again, is through mindfulness. But once we do that, we want to be able to stop. And that's the technique I want to give you right now. And it's very simple. S-T-O-P, stop. You can do this anytime you can remember. And I invite you to try this right now if you're finding that you're thinking about something in the back of your mind. Once you're done watching this video, escaping whatever that experience is, that experience most likely is going to come back. When it does, just stop. Take a step back, observe, and then proceed on values. So the S is step back or sit back if you're sitting down. Take a breath, take a moment, don't react. Just allow parasympathetic nervous system to start to do its thing. Observe what's going on out here. 
more importantly, what's going on in here? What are the thoughts that you're adding here? What are the memories that are coming up for you? You want to pay closer attention to this because that's where all these tools work. They work in this space. We've got to give ourselves some space. You're in an argument with your spouse, your partner, your brother, your coworker. If you can just stop, step back, take a breath, observe what's going on right here. What am I making it mean? Notice what you're doing. Notice what you're adding to the situation. And then if you have to ask yourself, is this actually true? Is what I'm thinking actually true? Am I fortune telling? Am I putting things into their minds? Am I mind reading? And then proceed based upon what currently matters. What's your underall core value? The thing that you can move towards that'll actually end up giving you a meaningful outcome, a meaningful, workable, usable outcome. That's the stop technique. I actually go through this a few other in a few other videos that I have. So if you don't quite understand it here, be sure to go ahead and check that out. But it's something that you can utilize right now in this moment and for the rest of the day. And of course, the best thing to do is to take either one of these two topics that I've done today and, and pick one and practice it. Because if we don't practice with intent, if we don't do perfect practice or at least attempt to be perfect, then we're not going to get this into our into our memories and into our automatic ways of being. I really hope you enjoy this. I hope the rest of your day goes well. And I hope you'll check back for part three when I jump into how to manage the energy. So in dealing with the stress, key component is understanding what energy is, how it's important, and how to manage it better.